chapter two of an anonymous story by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter two and so my relations with my employer were quiet and peaceful but still the unclean and degrading element which i so dreaded on becoming a footman was conspicuous and made itself felt every day i did not get on with polya she was a well-fed and pampered hussy who adored orloff because he was a gentleman and despised me because i was a footman probably from the point of view of a real flunky or cook she was fascinating with her red cheeks her turned-up nose her coquettish glances and the plumpness one might almost say fatness of her person she powdered her face coloured her lips and eyebrows laced herself in and wore a bustle and a bangle made of coins she walked with little ripping steps as she walked she swayed or as they say wriggled her shoulders and back the rustle of her skirts the creaking of her stays the jingle her bangle and the vulgar smell of lip salve toilet vinegar and scent stolen from her master aroused me whilst i was doing the rooms with her in the morning a sensation as though i were taking part with her in some abomination either because i did not steal as she did or because i displayed no desire to become her lover which she probably looked upon as an insult or perhaps she felt that i was a man of a different order she hated me from the very first day my inexperience my appearance so unlike a flunky and my illness seemed to her pitiful and excited her disgust i had a bad cough at that time and sometimes at night i prevented her from sleeping as our rooms were only divided by a wooden partition and every morning she said to me again you didn't let me sleep you ought to be in hospital instead of in service she so genuinely believed that i was hardly a human being but something infinitely below her that like the roman matrons who were not ashamed to bathe before their slaves she sometimes went about in my presence in nothing but her chemise once when i was in a happy dreamy mood i asked her at dinner we had soup and roast meat sent in from a restaurant every day polya do you believe in god why of course then i went on you believe there will be a day of judgment and that we shall have to answer to god for every evil action she gave me no reply but simply made a contemptuous grimace and looking that time at her cold eyes and overfed expression i realized that for her complete and finished personality no god no conscience no laws existed and that if i had had to set fire to the house to murder or to rob i could not have hired a better accomplice in my novel surroundings i felt very uncomfortable for the first week at orloff's before i got used to being addressed as thou and being constantly obliged to tell lies saying my master is not at home when he was in my flunky's swallow-tail i felt as though i were in armour but i grew accustomed to it in time like a genuine footman i waited at table tidied the rooms ran and drove about on errands of all sorts when orloff did not want to keep an appointment with zinaida fyodorovna or when he forgot that he had promised to go and see her i drove to zinomensky street put a letter into her hands and told a lie and the result of it all was quite different from what i had expected when i became a footman every day of this new life of mine was wasted for me and my cause as orloff never spoke of his father nor did his visitors 
and all i could learn of the statesman's doings was as before what i could glean from the newspapers or from correspondence with my comrades the hundreds of notes and papers i used to find in the study and read had not the remotest connection with what i was looking for orloff was absolutely uninterested in his father's political work and looked as though he had never heard of it or as though his father had long been dead End of chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine